Welcome to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live on the Land of Israel Network. From Jerusalem to the world, you're a part of it wherever you are. Shalom and welcome to Pardes Institute. And that means shalom and welcome to Rabbi Mike Foyer. How are oh, you, sir? Oh, shalom, Yishai. I'm great. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm dealing with a lot of personal stress, so much so that my back is all seized up. Mm. And, and that's not a lot of fun for me right now. Still, though... <clears throat> you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just pushing through with bitachon and with what the Baal Shem Tov says, which is ki uh, with, with joy, you'll get out of anything. That's okay? right. That's how he explains it. Um, also, uh, there's another thing that's happening, and that is that last night I was in Tel Aviv. Uh, I, I don't know if you know that I'm going to be running in the primaries of the Zahut. You did mention it to me. Right. But right, so there was a Zahut meeting, the Moshe Faglin party, uh, and right after that, I went to two TV stations. I went to first to I twenty four, and then I went to RT. RT is Russia Today, and I was very uh, hesitant to go to RT because I had been once on RT, and it was an anti-Semitic festival of, of hate, and I was like, I'm not going back there. But then they called me for RT on Temple Mountain. I felt so good and sure with the stuff in my head that I was like, no, we got to like get out there and, and say it. We got to get out there and say it. Bechlal, ever since UNESCO, my whole feeling has been like, just get out there and say it. Get out there. It doesn't matter if you're going to be winning or not. You say it, say it good. Certain things have to be said. Right. Just say it and say it good. Say it calmly, but mm-hmm. say it and say it out loud. Vociferously, went to RT and to uh, I-24 yesterday in Tel Aviv. First thing, basically, you should know I have a little rule. Yishai's rule is, whenever I get invited to Tel Aviv, I try to go. <laughs> it's just a rule I have because I don't feel like I know Tel Aviv enough, uh-huh. and it's one of the beating hearts of our country. I know it not at all. Right. Well, culturally and economically, it's one of the beating hearts of the country. For sure. The beating heart, really. Let's, not spiritually. Economically, for economically sure. and culturally. Culturally. Uh, the, the, we we the, could have that argument, but it's the one of, for sure. Yeah. I don't think we, are, we can argue that. It's uh, you know, hard. Or, is it the top or not? The bottom line, all the TV shows, everything is made. It's where it's happening. It's where it's at. So I love to go to Tel Aviv, and I, and I have a, an inion to love Tel Aviv. Like, I believe that we should love Tel Aviv. And my biggest hate, a sin that I have in my heart, is that I know New York City better than I know Tel Aviv. Ooh. That bothers me as a Zionist. Ooh. That bothers me. I don't want to know New York I've better. I've heard you characterize New York City as the other woman. That's right. No, and I, <laughs> and I know New York well. You know, and you know what I should do? I should do like 40 days fast where I like try to force myself like, to like, forget New York. Like Rabbi Zerah did for the Talmud Yushalmi. For the for the Bavli. Sorry for the Bavli. Right, he he like forced himself to forget the Bavli. Yeah, in order to be able to properly learn. Right, to, to learn Eretz Yisrael. Like, I should just, like, force it out of my heart. We'll work but on that next year. We'll work on that. That's next year's resolution. P.S. Elul is coming. That's right. Uh, anyway, let me get back to the topic, and, and I want you to weigh in here, which is that uh, the, the topic is the Temple Mount. Yep. The Temple Mount is, is uh, basically what has... This is, this is, like, one of these things you read in a history book. This is one of your, like, podcasts, right, on the Jewish story. It's like, it starts with a heinous murder. Yes. Okay, and that Two. was, right, uh, a double murder that happened. It's basically all totally videotaped. Yeah. Uh, coming from the from the inner sanctum of the Temple Mount, run out these two two or three terrorists, at the end was three terrorists, but you've seen the video. Two guys come out, and they shoot at point-blank range uh, Israeli police officers. One of them in the back, which means that he was actually facing to protect the people the Muslims on the Temple Mount. Right. Which I found like one of the bitterest elements of this whole thing. The whole thing was extremely bitter. This was, this was even by standards of Arab cab drivers, they say to me, 
that's haram. That's, yeah. That should not be done like on the Temple Mount. Right? Like, you can kill and kill Jews and all that and Israelis, but please. Not here. Not on the Temple Mount. Come on, that's like a no-kill zone. That's like a more like where we get the ideology for killing. And yeah. later you can fulfill some. But no, these jihadists went, went for it. It's important to, to say that they did not kill Jews. They killed two Druze. And that's important because I, I, I can't explain exactly why. But this has, on the one hand, it's actually made it broader. Mm-hmm. Where everybody's like, wait a minute, they killed Israeli police officers. They weren't like Jews. They right. were against like Israel and like we should all feel almost like our brain. If our heart didn't scream out, our brain was like, maybe, hmm. yeah. Law and order. Right, law and order. Right. Exactly. It's not just about, idol- I almost said idolatry, ideology. Right. Well, it is about idolatry. We can get to that later. Right. Um, but I think also part of it is it opens up that deep question of the identity of of the state of Israel, right? And for some people that helps, like, oh, we can defuse, it's not a religious con conflict it's a national conflict but for others it it really opens up a very complex question you know like who are we as a jewish people what is this state we've built but but there's no question that the bitterness of of um these these druze policemen who gave their life for what is essentially a national struggle that they don't have a personal national stake in or or another way to say it is they actually have a tremendous national stake in, in well, the sense that they want to make sure that the Jewish state is safe yes so that they can stay safe yes because it should be noted that, that the reason that you find Drew's village on the top of like high mountain peaks up in the north is because during the entire Arab occupation uh, from the 8th century onward um, the Druze well I mean, they didn't exist yet in the 8th century but when they came to be they were seen as heretics and, and ruthlessly persecuted right. so they have actually found a safe haven with us here in this country so uh, there's a videotape. They they stop the videotape from when the shooting actually happens, but you just see what happens. It's like they run out through a thin doorway. These two cops are standing there. You could see that their pose is relaxed. One guy has his legs kind of crossed as he's yeah. standing. And boom, boom, boom. Two police officers dead. Uh, three terrorists get killed. And then the state of Israel says, listen. Oh, then it was found out that the that the Muslim... Uh, Waqf, which uh, or Waqf, which is the uh, trust, the Islamic trust that 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 kind of rules, and it's, it's actually under Jordan, that con- controls or at least um, administers. Administers. That's the thank you. Uh, on the Temple Mount was complicit. Yes. Or at least some members were complicit with hiding weapons because the weapons came from inside the Temple Mount. Yes. And so the state of Israel reacting to a bad security situ- ha- uh, instance added security measures, i.e. Well, first, by the way, they shut the mount for two days. Right. For the first time, what I saw it to be 50 years. Uh, I think there was a shutdown in the 90s. Uh, you know what it was? It was the first time since, the, since 1990, I think, that was shut down for Friday prayers. No, it wasn't shut down for Friday prayers. Uh, yeah, no, it was. It was. Last Friday, it, there was no was regular. Friday when it was? They didn't have regular. Pr- it was the, 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 the incident happened, I think, on Wednesday. Friday, they shut it Gosh, down. time flies. Yeah, there was no prayers on the Temple Mount on Friday, and they made all these other pro- like protest prayers. Right. By the way, that's, that's how the, the Muslims, they, they, um, they have a, But the Muslims, that's such a tricky word. You know, I really try not to use a word that's too broad. In this case, it is the Muslim prayers, but I still want to separate them off from the Muslims, per se, from, from who did this act of terrorism, which was jihadists, and who is supporting this act of terrorism, which is also jihadists. Any case, 
let's get to the the, the, the brunt of it. Uh, as you said, uh, uh, the Temple Mount was closed, and then they put on these what they call in Israel magnometer, which is basically uh, metal, metal detectors. detectors. The kind that you would have at any, the old school kind at the airport. Now they have the, the yeah. new revolving kind. Any case. The kind that they have at the entrance to the hotel. The kind that they have at every major religious site. The, in the kind world. that they have in Mecca. Yeah. Okay. They have it in every place uh, because guess what? Terrorism is a, is a fact of life. Yes. It, and the way to stop terrorism is to make sure that the perpetrator, would be perpetrator, doesn't bring in uh, the means to perpetrate such act. Any case, oh no, well, you thought that everybody was just going to be like, uh, well, yes, you know. Reasonable. Reasonable. No. Turns out that the uh, various leaderships uh, in the Palestinian Authority, in Jordan, and in uh, the, the uh, Northern uh, Islamic movement, and et cetera, et cetera, uh, basically started saying that, is, that Muslims should not go up to the Temple Mount with these, with this infringement on Muslim sovereignty. Right. Uh, now, today I'm recording with you here on Thursday. Tomorrow is supposed to be a big prayer day. The religious authorities have called to close mosques throughout the country. That's right. And to ship everybody here to Jerusalem. But not onto the Temple Mount. Not onto the Temple Mount, but to, to pray surround right it. To surround all these checkpoints, yes. Right. P.S., that's where I live. Right, I know. I live right there, okay? <laughs> m- m- meaning to say the plan for the Fleischers you're, you're is... You're going to shop this afternoon. <laughs> uh, generally, big, big, uh, big momentous problems like end by like 4 or 5 o'clock. So basically, we're going to leave at like, six, uh, like 8, 9 in the morning, get out of there, go to the beach and hopefully come back after the rumble. Uh, I am hoping that there's not going to be a rumble because here's my uh, prescription for the prime minister of Israel. The prescription that I'm about to give is not my, the prescription that I would like to see. Mm -hmm. Because personally, I think this is a great moment to start, uh, as we say in Israel, reassert sovereignty. Right. Reassert (laughs) sovereignty. uh, uh, As we say in Israel, it's time to switch, (laughs) switch the hard drive here in this one. Okay. And it's time to to turn the whole thing around. But if I know, uh, you know, as much as I have studied Prime Minister Netanyahu, I, here's my, pres- uh, my prescription for him. Shut down prayers tomorrow on the Temple Mount for everybody, for everything. Make a perimeter and don't let people into Jerusalem tomorrow. Just shut it down. Turn those buses around. Right. Just turn them around. Don't, don't let it get there. Don't, don't um, embrace some kind of democratic principle where you're letting them protest. Don't do it. Right. No, no, Push no. them out. And if there's any kind of... Um, uh, demonstrations that are illegal or violence, arrest them. Mass arrest tomorrow. Push this back. This was not our fault, okay? I'm talking in his mind now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about the way I would do it. I'm talking about right. in his mind. You have every right to say to people, listen, there was a horrible terrorist incident. I put up security measures. You guys are using this as a ploy. Now, what happened here? We had basically an awful terrorist act, which was obviously incited to by the Palestinian Authority, and now they're blaming the victim for wanting more security. Yes. Yes. No, they listen. In, I, I would like to believe that at the very least that uh, the prime minister will have the wisdom to realize that letting critical mass gather in the old city tomorrow is just dropping a lit match into a powder keg. And my concern is that it will endanger our security forces because why should they have to, you know, you know on, a, on a tactical level, wage war with one hand tied behind their back? It's important for people to understand that as you and I are sitting here at Pardes right now, and people across the street are shopping at the, at the malls here. Yeah. There is a palpable tension. I, I know it from where I live. Oh, yeah. I'm sure where you live, you can feel it in the air. You can feel it. The, the um, Arabs, Muslims, the folks out there 
are in a um, I know by their faces well, but there's been low-level rioting since they put the the metal detectors up. Let's, right. let's just point that out. Now, at right. this point, I think three days and the fourth day. Right. Um, and there's no way of knowing what could happen tomorrow. This could all just fizzle out and have one, like, you know, messy They don't day. want it to fizzle out. I, they don't. And they the don't want thing, it to fizzle out. The flip side out. is this could trigger a war. I mean, it's not right. beyond imagination. We've seen these incidents before. Snowball. Somebody decides to lob a few missiles from Gaza. Next thing you know. Gaza. Hezbollah. Yes. Um, uh, a, a, a popular uprising here, so, you know. Like, I want to use this as an opportunity, perhaps, to, to pull the lens back a little bit. Right, and and, and before you even do, I, yeah? I, I I look forward to to this discussion because in these moments we begin to be tactical. Yes, I'm I'm in a tactical mind frame. Well, you live on the front line, right? I'm living on the front line, and, and I'm in a tactical mind frame about how to deal with it, how to survive it, etc. Where et you put your family? Where I put my family, etc. All that. Um, but at the same time, even on TV yesterday, I felt myself giving the best and most honest answers possible, yet the big picture truths were hidden. Yes. It's as though you can't really talk about, wait a minute, this is where two temples stood and another one will, and, and here's what we really believe in. And, you know, and, and, and this is exactly what I'm going after. That problem in and of itself is indicative of the fact that the state of Israel on some level is the longest lasting state of emergency that the world has actually seen. Now, you know, and that's not surprising. I mean, listen, 2,000 years of exile it takes more than, uh, you know, uh, 70 years, please God, soon of sovereignty to, like, get out of that mode. Nevertheless, it's time. It's time for us to begin to switch from so the emergency tactical thinking to the strategic long-term thinking. And I would give a model that we've been following in the book of Bamidbar, actually from, actually from the whole Chumash, even though it's, we're going to work a little bit backwards. What's the definitive sin of the book of Bamidbar? Uh, the definitive sin is lack of trust. No, but singular event. The the rejection of the land of Israel. Right. The sin of the spies. spies. So maybe, maybe with number two being the the sin with the Benot uh, Midian. True. The Midianite True. Case. But I think the definitive one of the book of Bamidbar, what launched us into 40 years of wandering in the wilderness in the first place, That's the one. was the rejection of the land of Israel. And I feel that, that the Zionist movements in its core and its in its, in its inception was what we call in Hebrew a tikkun l'chetamaraglim. It was a fixing, uh, uh, a, a working back to the root and a reorientation, rectification. Of a, a rectification of a choosing of the land. Whatever, whichever type of Zionist and whatever it's gone from there, we don't even need to get to that right now. First, and I think it deserves both honor and recognition, but it also deserves to then say, okay, well now then, we've been pushed back to a deeper level of rectification. Now, going backwards, before the sin of the spies, what would you say was the definitive sin of the Jewish people in the narrative? Of, of the Torah? Yes. Chetego. Absolutely, right? The sure. sin of the golden the, calf. Right, sure. The sin of the golden calf. Those are the two. That's right. Those are right? the two. Those, those are, are, those are well, the Well, no, there's a third. We'll get to it in a second. Um, but don't, don't, isn't there wait, even some Talmudic wait. phrases about the, these yeah, two? Yeah, for sure, but, they, yeah. but there's, there's even more behind it, and I'm mm-hmm. going somewhere here. Okay. Um, so, so you have this sort of national... Rectification. No, we do want the land. And it succeeds. Here we are, sitting in the rebuilt Jerusalem. It's not done yet. <laughs> Dang straight. It, you know, it, it's, it's astounding. Bang. Just astounding, <laughs> right? Because, you know, my biggest complaint these days, aside from the tension on the street, is the traffic, right? All those Jews. There's so many darn Jews in this city. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but peeling back, the the, the Chere Egel was... Just, a, just, just parentheses, I just want to say, like, the wow that you just expressed... That's a wow that I have every day. I think you have that every day. There's a wowness. When you, you know, let yourself, it's always yeah, there. And yeah, you're, you're always like, wow, 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 wow. We're living other people's dreams. <laughs> 2,000 years worth of dreams. Who did I hear recently who said to me that a big rabbi said to him, 
the real oh they said about that Rabbi Riskin once said that some that I think Ruffs, I don't remember some big rabbi said to him the reality is bigger than the dream yeah it is the reality is bigger than because it's got guts and 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 solidity. stuff yeah yeah so so the the sin of of the golden calf in that sense was um a turning away of the offer of intimacy with God and a turning toward something else we were afraid of what happened at Sinai the calf was something we could hold it was it was it was like identifiable it was like we're used to it you know etc so now I'm gonna go out on a limb and say the next stage is for us to turn away from the Kotel and toward the Temple Mount. The Kotel is very familiar. It's very comfortable. We can all point to it, you know, and, and it, it doesn't demand much of us. And I feel like that we are at that stage at this point in our history where the next rectification is to say, wow, there's a depth of relationship which demands a lot of us. Listen, it's not simple. And, and don't please think I misunderstand the the process and it might be a long process but a process that just like the zionist movement was oriented toward fixing the sin of the spies by returning to the land the next phase is to fix the sin of the golden calf by returning to the mount and after that for those of you who may be concerned about the sort of particular nationalist element in there what's the real fundamental sin of the torah uh not recognizing that god is is here and there and everywhere well, not, not seeing God. where does it all begin Oh, at, at, uh, at the Garden of Eden. Yes. Right? And, and, and going back to that level is that we have something to offer humanity. That this is actually not a story about us. This is a story about God and humanity. And, uh, and to keep uh, that in our minds as we're pursuing this path is, is critical. But to skip over the middle stage and think that we don't have a rectification as a people that needs to be done is a mistake. Mm-hmm. And so what you're saying is like it's it's a um, you have to go back to the very little tiniest point of uh, the Temple Mount and the truth and set up set up the truth there on a kind of national visceral level that and 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 correct the 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 the, the fraudulence the sin that's there but that super small nationalist control is actually a ping to the whole world. But- that has that has that has a level of ref- human rectification going that's on. That's that's why Isaiah says, "My house, we call a house of prayer for right. all peoples." That's right. But the thing is, it has to be my house. It can't be a golden calf, right? And it's our job as a people. That's our unique task in the world to make sure it is His house. It's not about us. It's not about other peoples. It's about God. And once we can really hold that inner state, then the world will be ready. Right. Zoom back out or in, whichever you could see it both ways. Uh, like into the reality today is that uh, there's there's a rumble that wants to happen right now here in Israel over prayer, over prayer, and also over sovereignty. But by the way, the by, the way, by, by the way, together. By the way, yeah, exactly. W- when I read uh, Zechariah, when I taught Zechariah, I was mm-hmm. amazed at how he also really saw the Temple Mount as a kind of military base, a kind of like control point. It is right, like, it, it, you know, and. He, 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 we we discussed right before the show about the the difference between you know serving God and spirituality and then nationalism and, and military and militancy, and and like I was very surprised and actually p- p- pleased to see <laughs> if I could say that about about the the, the great prophet Zechariah, one of my favorite books by the way. Isn't it awesome? Awesome and awesome wild. Book. I like wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like it earthquakes, like, earthquakes, water and fire, weird angels yeah. carrying buckets. It's, it's like, like good what? stuff. Yeah, it's, it's good anyway, stuff. Um, 
Yeah. The, the thing is, though, Rabbi Mike, uh, is that it's not so easy to talk about those big things. Um, certainly not on RT and on, on an I-24 in, in a soundbite. And you want to convey to people a deeper truth. Right. Um, and, and I always feel like informationally, the enemy is always causing us to play within his rules, his games. Well, do you, do you see what yeah, I'm saying? For the sure. questions that I was being asked and the p- positions that I was trying to take, and, and in general, in conversation, is like, but you can't say to people, people are like, well, should we put up those uh, metal detectors? But we have to rectify the place for the service of the God by the humanity. You can't, you can't fit that in. It's I, and context, I, don't, I don't mean that as a joke. I no, mean to no, say the like, context defines to a certain degree right. what answers are even intelligible. Right. But, the, but, but it's limiting. It's limiting yes. because the bigger picture here is so much bigger. And God bless the prime minister. I want to really pray for him. And, and by the way, folks, you know, I really, I wish this, this one little thing would change. You have leaders of Israel. People should pray for them. Not just, not just comment on them, argue with them, and certainly a recurring Jewish thing, which is uh, to, to diss your leaders. Tear them apart. Tear them apart, you know. To pray for your leaders. Pray. That's a good point. We actually have a, 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 we have a blessing in the Shemona Ezra, which I take very seriously. Oh, yeah. And that's the one blessing that says that God loves something. Yeah. It's all about our leaders. Give our leaders, you know, wisdom and thought. Like, pray for them. Hashem, please channel good thoughts into the mind of Benjamin Netanyahu, the king of Israel today. You know what I mean? I really, I really, um, I wish we would get into that more. I wish we would feel that way more. And, and, and like all of our rallies are always demanding and always the conversations are always, you know, accusatory and, and, and ripping. And yeah, we're a pretty critical people. Yeah. But that's why I always tell you, there's one mitzvah in the Torah which the Jewish people did not accept, which is not the cursing se- the Sibel Halator. They're like, come on, get out of here. That, that, not taking that one. Cursing leaders. Okay, uh, let's, let's, uh, tra- uh, let's transition. Before I transition any further, I have to do a few uh, uh, housework things. This was for you. I want you to pay attention here. Okay, watch this. Surprise, okay? This is from my good friend, Alan. Uh, Alan Miller, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, we've actually never, maybe we met sometime, but I don't think so, but we've been in touch for years. Mm-hmm. And Alan doesn't, he's, you know, he usually gives me a lot of uh, chizuk. Um, and this time he asked me a question. And he wants to pose it to both of us, okay? Okay, I'm listening. He says, Yishai, how are you, my friend? I have some questions and requests for you, if you don't mind. First, what can I do in a real effective way to help Israel, and especially settlers in Judea and Samaria? What are some organizations, individuals that I can get in contact with to help? And I would like to be able to read or watch things that would help me to have a deeper understanding of Israel and the Jewish people. I know this is a lot to ask, and I really thank you for your time. Again, I absolutely appreciate and support you as a true man and a son of Israel. Thanks, Alan. Yeah, That's a high son praise. of Israel. I like that. Yeah, huh? Son of Israel, hear me. Uh, what do you think? W- 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 give, give Alan a little bit of like um, uh, some, some stuff that he can digest on his day-to-day life. Obviously, well, he knows about the Land of Israel Network and the radio station here. Yeah, and um, my guess is probably he's connected to the Bible, but actually it shouldn't, it shouldn't go without mention right. that actually the best way to connect to the story of the people of Israel is to connect to the Bible. Right. right. It should always come first. We don't do enough Bible broadcasts. I mean this. Our people have not done enough. You go to America, yeah. you type in Lincoln and YouTube, you know, it's, it comes right up on the great show about Lincoln. Right. We don't have that stuff, dude. No, it's true. It's weird. 
It's really well, weird. That's a discussion for another time in yeah. our relationship to our history and right. our past. Um, I would give, encourage give him, him at, at, Let's go. at the risk of plugging my show, but the, but the Jewish story is actually oriented directly for that and sort of connecting to the narrative of the Jewish people. All right. So, so at the Land of Israel Network, we have a plethora of shows. And folks, I want to tell you something. We got to get this network out further. I spoke with Jeremy Compel today, who, by the way, was arrested for prostrating himself on the Temple Mount. And I would to love to Lord speak a little Israel. bit about that civil we'll disobedience about that. model. Right. That, that's very important. Um, uh, furthermore, uh, two, of course, very important uh, websites that are very helpful uh, for news is Arutz Sheva, Israel National News, uh, and also JewishPress.com. I find the Jewish Press is an excellent website for a lot of information. Uh, those, are, those are excellent tools. The Israel Video Network. Israel Video Network puts out a lot of great videos every single day. Check it out. They have videos basically about every topic, and that's our friends Avi Abelo and, and Avi Nadel have set up a fantastic network uh, of videos. Check that out. Uh, I'm, I use that all the time. Then there is, you know, then there is uh, some Facebook organizations. There's one a little bit more geared to Christians that's united with Israel. Uh, there's my good friends that stand with us. Um, there's a Step Up for Israel. There's really a few great uh, Facebook groups and, and websites that will really help you know what's, what's going on. Um, what else? I think as, as a model, building relationships with particular families, like there are many ways in which you can get in touch with um, individuals. I think in, uh, one thing I'm pushing people to support the wine industry sure. in, in uh, Judea and Samaria and Yudan and Shomron, um, both because it's a real economic driver and because uh, it tends to be family-based. And so you can you can really make a personal connection and, and make a real difference. Our good friend Mutal Wolf has a, a website called BDS Wine Club, I yes, think. Yes, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, that's BDS a great Wine idea. Club. And he's, he's a great way, he's a great channel through which to help him and, and to help uh, get... We, you know, I always say drinking wine from the land of Israel is not, uh, it's not just supporting Israel. It's literally bringing the, 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 the water and the grape and the air and the sun of Inside the land yourself. of Israel right, into, your, into your cellular structure. It's becoming part of that story. Right. Um, in terms of these type of resources, unfortunately, I, I, I tend to be more of a bookworm than anything else. So give a book or two. Um, oh, gosh. That's really hard to pull out. Um, Somebody, oh, my good friend, uh, my good friend Arthur uh, uh-huh. watched Masada. Yeah. Uh, 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 based on my recommendation. And uh, Exodus is another great one. Sure. Sure. Exodus, of course. Masada is great. Um, Wonder Woman. No, not, not, no, 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 not, 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 Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, and this happens to me like one of these moments of realization, like, oh my God, where's the resource? Mm-hmm. Where, why have I not created a resource for people to have this, you know? Alan, maybe you should be the darned resource. Maybe you should put up a, a website that's called, you know, Fight for Israel or whatever it is with great links, with great stuff that, that, that aggregates and helps direct people to the right places. Uh, that, that's really, it's really uh, lacking. It's really lacking. But but certainly start with those that that we mentioned uh, in terms of individual. Oh, check out the David Haivri, David Haivri on Twitter, a great guy. Uh, he's uh, very connected to to Samaria, especially uh, women in green. Nadia Matar, amazing. And then there's of course the organizations that are buying up the land of Israel. Uh, people like Arya King, Israel Land Fund. Uh, Ter Koanim, of course, a good friends in, in Jerusalem. My friend Daniel Lurie there. Uh, and uh, of course, I, I, would I would I be uh, a good friend in Ariel? 
Avi Zimmerman, right? And, and the, the Ariel, friends of, uh, friends of Ariel. And of course, I would, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd lose my job if I didn't mention uh, our mother, mothers and fathers in Hebron, the Jewish community of Hebron and our, our website, hebron.com. And, uh, you know, we have, we have amazing content there as well. Check out our Facebook pages as well. Yeah, you got it. You get, you, there's plenty to get into. Like there once is. you get into it, it's like there is information. And, and, and find your medium. Is it Twitter? Is it Instagram? Is it, is it, is it books? Read some books. You know what I mean? There's fantastic <laughs> books out there. And, of course, we get back to the Bible. And this is a great opportunity for us to segue uh, into uh, into some Torah for today. We have a double Torah portion. We're not going to do the whole thing today at all. We're just going to hit a few uh, points that, that I want to talk about. You are listening to the Yishai Fleischer Show on the Land of Israel Network with Rabbi Mike Foyer. Rabbi Mike also has his own show called The, the, Israel, the, the, Jewish, the Story. Jewish Story. Uh, and um, You want to be uh, in touch with me? Best way is to find me on Facebook. Right. Rav Mike. Rav Mike. Okay. Very good. Excellent stuff. And and uh, and you could definitely connect. All right, I want to talk a little bit about. First thing, there's some lasers in this week's tour portion. I like lasers a lot. Uh, I'm I'm into uh, shooting down uh, foreign enemies with lasers. It's not exactly in the tour portion, but <laughs> I but, was waiting. I was waiting right, for where the laser was. But basically, um, the, the the Moses gives a command: get out there and bring down the uh, the Midianite kings, right. the five Midianite kings. One of them is going to be good old uh, Bilam, son of Beor, that they slew with a sword. But basically, there's Midrashim that Bilam flies, you know, flies, uses the name of God, flies out. And basically, Phineas dresses like a coin gadol and has the, 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 uh, the tzitz, which is the... Um, Diadem? Diadem, right? The head plate, the, the forehead plate in, in plain English. And he zaps him out of the sky That's using... Right. He just laser beams them down. I think it's more of a, like a, uh, what's it called? A, not tractor beam, tractor beam? It could be tractor beam, but it's also uh, when you scramble the signal. It like blocked Billum's signal and he just Oh, he dropped. was on, oh, you're saying his, his usage of the tetragrammaton was failed him? Yeah, no, that's what it says, is that he showed him the tzitz uh-huh. and then it immediately nullified Billum's magic and they all just fell and died. Oh, boom. Yep. I love that kind he of cut stuff. Cut him off from the stones. You ever notice again and again that when it's time for magic time, it's always Eliyahu? Oh, for sure. It's always Eliyahu. He's for the sure. one that brings out the magic. You're like, right. you keeping know? in mind for those who don't necessarily make the connection that Eliyahu and Pinchas are one and the same. Right. And listen to last week's show for that. Um, and uh, then, then we're going to learn some, like, when you go to a rabbi class, right? This, this Parsha comes up. This Parsha comes up. They're like, okay. You see when they came back from war from, with the spoils? And they had things that were like of the Midianites. Well, you can't just keep them in Judaism. You got you to gotta cleanse them. You got to cleanse them. They're filled with impurity. So the things that are, were like used in fire, you got to use fire to, to, to burn out the non-kosherness, to make it kosher. You, things that, that like, like uh, you know, other things need to be dunked uh, when, when they're passing. Most things need to be dunked over to when, 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 you, when you're buying a... Um, uh, a glassware that was made by Gentiles and it's passing over to Jewish hands. You got to dunk it. Uh, so there's two levels of. Uh, I mean, I spent a lot, a lot of time sure. with the the details of these laws. But in, in in the bigger picture, again, there's two levels of what happens. One is there's an assumption that something which has been used with non-kosher food, you have to get rid of the remnants. We'll leave aside the techniques of it, and that makes sense. But there's a deeper level here in the dunking in the in the mikvah in the ritual bath you're speaking about. Is that even if something is completely new, but was not made by a Jew. 
it is not part of the national possession of the Jewish people. And, and, and the idea of going into a mikvah, into a ritual bath, in the same way that a convert goes into a ritual bath to become part of the Jewish people in their flesh, so too possessions actually have to become part of the collective possession of the Jewish people. And it's a very important thing always to remember, is that the Jews are, are created to live a dual existence as individuals and as a people. Right? And, and here, something as simple as buying new dishes is a reminder to me that I am part of that whole, and therefore my possessions are as well. We have about 10 minutes, so yes. I'm going to rush through two uh, other points that are very important. The land of Israel. We're on the edge of the land of Israel and the commandments. Now, from here on to the rest of the five books of Moses, the land of Israel is playing a really huge... Well, it's right there It's right there. It's right there. They're on. And, 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 and if you ever drive down there next to Jericho, there are planes. Big ones. They're Moabite planes. They're planes you of Moab. You can picture a big you camp of people just waiting on the edge of the river. It just... It's right there. You can understand what it is. Surprise, and now, surprise. Right. And you could just, it's, it's real, right? And a few things that are important here. First thing, there's going to be two tribes that are going to say, hey, uh, we really like it here in Jordan. And, it, you know. Good cattle country. Good cattle country. And, and, you know, Moses, you're the one who, like, liberated this land from these other kings. We just want to stay here. Yeah. And, and we like it here just fine. Moses is going to get upset. This is one of the times that the Torah repeats, one of the, one of the I think there's two other times other than the actual story, that the sin of the spies gets repeated and retold by Moses. And he's going to say to them basically like, are you like your fathers who, who re- rejected the land of Israel? And basically they're going to be like, no, no, we didn't mean that at all. What we meant is we'll send uh, fighters to go into the land of Israel conquered. Only when we're done are we going to come back to, to this land. But we're going to leave our women and children, a few guards here, but we're going to go into land with you. Uh, this also uh, leads to a lot of halachic uh, questions about how they made the, the, the contractual obligation that they made here. But in any case, um, those two, two tribes, in the end it's going to be two and a half tribes, there's going to be a bridge tribe, uh, the, tri- the tribe of Menashe. Uh, they, they basically elect to stay uh, on the other side of the Jordan Sad epilogue is is that when when uh, when the tribes when the ten tribes are separated from the from the uh, when, when the tribes of Israel are going to be separated off and then comes uh, comes Sancherev to to t- take away the tribes they're the first ones to go yes they're the first ones to disappear pop off not only that we see already at the end of the book of Joshua that that when after these two tribes whose agreement involves them being the shock troops. And we're not going to stay here and let everybody else fight. We're going to go over and fight first, which they do. At the end of the book of Joshua, he says, you fulfilled your word. Now you can go home back across the Jordan River. And as they go, as they're about to cross the Jordan River, they build an altar, which is a big no-no for the Israelites to build an altar right. anywhere other than where God said. Right. And immediately the other 10 tribes gear up for war. They think they've gone astray. Right. And when, when Pinchas once again <clears throat> leads the charge and they sort out, well, why did you build the altar? They said, well, we were afraid that, you know, come a generation to your children would say to our children, you're not Jews. You're not part of Am Yisrael. And this should just be a warning to us in, in, a, in the situation in Am Yisrael today is, is that there is a deep-seated fear by those Jews who live outside of Israel that those who live in Israel are going to dismiss them as not part of the story. Well, yeah. You know, and, and, th- and there's, good, there's good reason for, to, for that fear to, to, to... As you pointed out, the fact that Sancherev took these two tribes first wasn't just a technical issue he met there first. The Gemara makes it very clear. It's because they had, they had gone astray. They'd fallen into idolatry. They'd left the culture behind. So there's two sides to that story, but it is remarkable to me that that story, God forbid, could really play itself out again in our time. Yes, and in fact, I heard a speech uh, by people from Hartman 
<coughs> and they described alternative relationships between Jews, and they meant that as, as, a, as a, here's the way to think about American Jewry and Israeli Jewry, and one of the examples they gave was this one. You see, it worked out. I'm like, I raised my hand. I'm like, they gave other examples. They're like Lot and Avraham, and this was the second example, and another example. I'm like, oh, and then the Jews of Alexandria. Right. I'm like, in every one of your examples... I said, in the Lot example, they became the enemies of Israel. In this example, they were the first to pop off. And the example of Alexandria, an earthquake came and just took it away and then it disappeared. And the rest and became shot. Christians. Right. It was just like I'm, like, I'm like, these are the examples that you brought in front of these people of how alternative such a relationship we can have between Jews. What about Red Galim? Come three times a year from wherever you are. That's, that's, there's, they were like, everybody was like, anyway. <laughs> Who left the right winger in the room? <laughs> no, people clapped, but the speaker, of course, tried to figure out a way to uh, run around that question because it was so blatantly obvious. I couldn't believe the examples he chose for like alternative relationships. Any case, let's just finish off. The boundaries of the land of Israel are going to be described. Guess what? Love same, it. same places as they are today as the the ones that they were before. Uh, and then there is this uh, paragraph that we have to read uh, because I think it's pertinent to understand. Oh, I know this. where you're going. Um. Quick story before I read this paragraph. One time I was in a Shabbaton that was run by our good friend. And that's right. And, and, uh, and basically there was a, a guy named Amram Mitzna, former mayor of Haifa, who spoke. And head of the Labor Party at some point. At some point, correct. And he, and he, and he spoke at the Shabbaton. It was great. And, and he basically talked about two-state solution, giving land away and this and that, and that's the way we're going to have peace. And I raised my hand and I said to him, you know, in this week's Torah portion, uh, there's a discussion about, about, uh, uh, about the whatever I plan to do to them, to the enemies of Israel, I'll do to you. I'll exile you from the land instead of you kicking them out. It's going to kick you out. And I'm like, I'm like, and you're just codifying this with your plans. You're basically the fulfillment of what it says in the Torah. If you don't kick out the bad guys, they're going to kick you out. And uh, there was another guy who was a speaker at the Shabbaton who said to the administrators, if Yishai speaks at the Shabbaton, I don't want to speak. He was doing intellectual bullying. Yes. And at first they were going to kick me out and not let me speak. And then my, our, our mutual friend said to the directors there, he said, why don't we just cancel the Torah portion reading tomorrow morning? They're like, what? And he, why? And he said, well, Yishai just asked a question from the Torah portion. Isn't it what the Torah says? Anyway, I was reinstated, and guess what? The intellectual bully still managed to speak in the Shabbaton. The pertinent, what a surprise. Right. The, the pertinent uh, uh, paragraph says, Hashem spoke to Moshe in the plains of Moab by Jordan at Jericho, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you cross the Jordan to the land of Canaan, you shall drive out the inhabitants of the land before you, and you shall destroy all their prostration stones, all their molten images you shall destroy, and their high places you shall demolish. You shall possess the land, and you shall settle it. For, you have, for to you I have given the land to possess it. You shall give the land as an inheritance by lot to your families, uh, etc. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land before you, those of them who you leave shall be pins in your eyes and surrounding and a surrounding barrier of thorns in your sides. They will harass you upon the land which you dw- which you dwell. And it shall be that what I had meant to do to them, I shall do to you. Hard words, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure people will contest that you could apply that to. I know people contest that you can apply that to today's situation. Yet one might might be led to believe that it is pertinent in today's situation. I think the place, like I, I, I see a parallel and I see a, a deep question. The parallel is obvious, is that it, it is certainly true that our refusal to assert sovereignty and to own the fact that this is our land has created a situation in, in which our enemies see an initiative and have continued to become more and more dangerous to us. The, the, the question I have in it is if Joshua bin Nun 
was unable to achieve this level of assertion of God's will, then why do we think that we would be able to? Because, you know, there is a Midrashic path that says that if it weren't for the Chet Ha'egel, the sin of the, the calf, we wouldn't have had to fight the Kanani. They would have seen us coming and either fled or converted. Right. And so um, I think it's worth it to consider putting also our energy into strengthening our people and our commitment to Torah and our spiritual status so that in the end, the Muslims, who the vast majority of whom are not idolaters, on the contrary, right. believe in the same God. The majority, I believe the jihadis Although, are well, actually idolaters. Right, but also the Kaaba stone in Mecca, that is a clear uh, yes. former idolatry that has been converted into Islam. It's just it's just an idolatrous thing. Yes, but nevertheless, in, in the essence of their religion, right. they're worshiping God. Right. Right, the jihadis, I believe, are idolaters in the death cult. In the death cult sense, right? Yes, and 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 so it's important for us to see the difference between our approach to the two. The jihadis have no place, no place in the world, really, unfortunately. But 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 the the Muslims who are worshiping God, we're together in that. But but we can only assert that when we internalize it. And Islam has a manginon, a system to accept that because they believe in submitting. Yes. And if God re- reveals himself a little bit more, th- they will and submit. And therefore we must reveal God from within ourselves, is my point. <laughs> All right, Rabbi Mike, for your uh, last phrases here, I want to thank our sponsors for the show. I want to thank, uh, thank Jbrick, jbrick.com, which is uh, your source for Jewish-themed uh, custom Lego sets. It's not when a Jew misses a shot on the basket. Uh, Sorry, Jay Brick. <laughs> no. I could resist. Uh, old school eighties. Yes. Um, um, uh, I really, I really love this product very much. I think it's more than a product. If you love Lego like I do, and if you want your kids to play with Lego, or if you secretly like to play with Lego cars and stuff like that, like I do. Don't I wish that. I didn't say that. <laughs> um, then, then it's just fun to have it in a Jewish themed thing. Uh, you know that's what we do. Jews, we come to a language, we come to a foreign language, we we transfer, we, we make, make it, it our own. We make it our own. So Jbrick is is a great way to make uh, to bring Judaism to your life. I love the uh, Jbrick mezuzah. I I love to have a Lego mezuzah. I think that's just so cool. I I can't wait to get that Lego mezuzah myself. Another product which I'm very very it's not a product it's a mitzvah which I'm so proud to to be a sponsor of is Tchelet, which is spelled in the old British type of way T E K H E L E T Tchelet Tchelet. <laughs> uh, to com, and that is the blue string garment uh, it's the it, it, it's really if, if if you're not in Israel this will bring you uh, tremendous closer to Israel if you're in Israel this will bring you so much closer to Jerusalem the temple and 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 feelings of what the Jewish people are really supposed to be, which is a priestly nation that that Tchelet has returned to us, and we have returned to it. Be part of the Tchelet revolution. That's what it is. It's a Tchelet revolution. I believe that 100%. Uh, in fact, I'm going to call the Tchelet people and offer them that um, that slogan, Tchelet revolution. And um, uh, also, uh, the good folks, of course, here at our network, thelandofisrael.com, which have great shows. Shlomo Katz, check him out also. Check out all the shows. Ari and Jeremy, of course, Eve Harrow, and Josh Haston, our show, and of course, Rev, Rev Mike. And then, um, uh, finally, Hebron. Come visit uh, the moms and the dads where it all begins, and really, even in some sense, it all ends. Um, even maybe Moses and his wife Zipporah are buried there, according to some elements of the Kabbalah. And so we have five amazing couples there, Adam and Eve, uh, uh, Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebecca, Jacob and Leah. And one big hairy head. And one big hairy head. That's right. (laughs) 
big redhead, a big big red, right? Remember, remember the, that big red, the bubble gum, uh, chewing gum. Any case, uh, check out Hebron.com, and thank you so much for being part of the story. Pray for Israel. This is actually a moment where, you know how the Christians like to say, like, we're praying for Israel, pray for the peace of Jerusalem? This is a moment to do it. Do it. Uh, pray for wisdom to our leaders. Pray for the... Uh, 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 fortitude. Fortitude, the, the, the suppression of dark forces the uplifting of good forces. There's a great moment here. A great door wants to open. We've got to help make it happen. Rabbi Michael, I want to thank you again for being with me today. Always a pleasure. Shabbat Shalom. God bless you. God bless the land of Israel. God bless all those who love the land of Israel and the Jewish people and the God of Israel. Keep uh, being part of the story. Tune into God. He's broadcasting 24-7. Tune into the Land of Israel Network. Stay strong. Stay good. Stay connected. Love you. God bless you. And don't forget to write me an email. Yishai at thelandofisrael.com. And Shalom. We're going to make Judea and Samaria an issue for the entire world to know that the Jews have a place in the world. Israel Inspired with Ari Abramowitz and Jeremy Gimpel on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com.